0: Welcome to the American Soccer Crash Course, Friday Happy Hour Edition, in your inbox by Monday Morning Commute. I'm Christian Lee. Lodge Dills, as always. Max Heath, happy we, to be back. Yeah, we got we got the, the, three, the three-man the squad back for, for an episode. Max has been a little bit. He really has. Was um, it? it wasn't the. Lit- Geo, no, I think we had one time in between the geo controversy and this that that you were here. Yeah, yeah, I think
1: we've done one, but it has been a while. We yeah. it, we uh, it's yeah, I I can Just missed it. Just we've just we've honing craft. up some steam on Twitter, and you know yeah. we've gotten some momentum going. It's good, feels good to
0: be
2: back. Yeah, some yeah. some
0: momentum. You know, <laughs> some good, some bad. People, you, you know what? Any publicity is good publicity.
2: First of all, as always, got to feed the producer. I mean, he's been putting off hell of a podcast these these past couple. You know, uh, he only is. Part time at this point because we have been going a little bit uh, less often though. If you could shout them out um, and go follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, shows live on YouTube, so this is where you'd be seeing me talk right now, as opposed to just you know the talking phone. But um, I miss anything? Twitter, just, yeah, just Twitter, Twitter, Twitter
0: man. Twitter been uh been busy lately, so I haven't been able to sink as much time into like that true content drivers, which are the the shorts. Mm-hmm. It's gonna Max 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 is really the the short, short capitalization. Our short king. Our short king. Yeah. Our short king. But uh, yeah I've been uh, you know low capital activity is just Twitter finger so check us out on Twitter at the ASCC pod. So yeah uh, today we're going to be talking a little bit about the September window which featured uh, games against Uzbekistan and Oman. Um, Amman. As, as you can imagine that doesn't take up a full hour of content so we're gonna be talking uh, our U.S. Men's National Team hot takes. Gonna be grading each other's hot takes on how hot they are and then how accurate they are. So uh, they can really range anything the start of this this club season, end of you know total finalization of all the transfers, and then of course you know the actual team and the in the play that we saw the last two weeks. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be a bit of an off the cuff one. We're Gonna break down some of the, some of the things we got to talk about. So. Uh, yeah, let's talk about this window. Um, first game, or l- l- let me kick it to you guys. Your kind of impressions of how this window went, your takeaways, and uh, how are you feeling about Greg Berhalter's first window back?
1: Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of the actual games, I, I came in a little late for the first game, but it seems like Berhalter ball was back in full effect. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. A lot of long crosses, a lot of, a lot of X button, um, yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, not great to see. Second game, admittedly, was a lot better. I think that's a game I watched in its entirety. We looked, I think, pretty good from the start there. A little yeah. bit better. But, you know, I think the takeaway from this window is that the, uh, the the large, dark cloud of Greg Berhalter and that tension seems to be back in the team and the doubt. And, uh, you know, in US, even the clips after, which I think there was probably some Twitter overreaction of Balagoon walking off the field kind yeah. of bitching. I don't think anyone knows what he was actually saying. He's probably just a striker that didn't want to be taken off. But we're already getting the constant rumors of yeah. of unrest on the team, and it seems like the good vibes of good old BJ, this the not the step coach, the coach that stepped up, <laughs> yeah. uh, the good vibes of BJ feel like a like a world away, and we're sort of back to the to this. Berhalter stuff. I don't know. A lot of it's a little bit overreaction. I think on Twitter. I think USMNT Twitter really, um, really gets to my head there. Yeah, so,
2: they've got they've got like just enough walls now for an echo chamber, and it's just becoming <laughs> like more and more on each other. Yeah, it's insane.
1: But yeah. but yeah, I I think some some good, mostly bad, but a little bit of an uninspiring couple
0: two games. I would say overall.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you think?
0: Yeah. So one thing I think is interesting you point out like, um, you know we've had these players were in Qatar in a bubble, right? I don't you know. I think that was mostly just because this was a World Cup, but they're quite literally in a physical bubble, mm-hmm. and you know who knows how much they go on their phones. Don't go on the fo- their phones, but I have to wonder what they were thinking that that during that first game, like national anthem comes on, and then it's like U.S. men's national team coach Greg Berhalter, and the booze rained down from the crowd. <laughs> like, like there's no escaping it now. It's no longer like a figment of your imagination, or oh, maybe that's just like. A misrepresentation of a few even people think on about Twitter. That, yeah, you know, like I wonder what was going through their heads when they when they heard that. And um, you're right; it's kind of like the bad vibes are back, at least for us on our Twitter bubble. But like, it's might be finally seeping to them. And how are the players like thinking about this for the first time? Because I mean, it's at this point, it's become very clear that it's like. I mean, like at least eighty percent of this fan base is so done with this guy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's tough, and it's like I mean, in, on one hand, I, th- I I think that's a great point, but on the other hand, I'm thinking, like, pull. I think feel like the player support is the only reason he's here in the first place. I would like to think, or at least that was the yeah. only reason in my mind oh, where I, I was like, able, ra- where this was even a palatable decision. Right. So if Pulisic didn't say that in that interview, and the other, pl- I don't even
0: know what other players said. anything. it
1: might have just been Christian for all I know. But uh, um, way uh, waya stepped way up too,
0: and then like you know, so, some people less like ardently like just less intensely but yeah. they, but there were quite a few players who definitely yeah there.
1: i mean you have to imagine i mean these kids are our age and some younger i mean you have to imagine they're they're looking at twitter as well and they probably
0: see the same accounts we
1: do and yeah. i think it's impossible for that to not you know seep in your head i don't know yeah for sure <sighs> this ne- never bj was just so universal. did you see loved. the guy with the
0: fuck it we ball shirt yeah <laughs> great shirt <laughs> shout out awesome. that guy that was awesome shout out that guy <laughs> um yeah, so, um, you know, I I've watched several podcasts as I look across the table at Lodge, and his his face cringes at me having to bring this topic back up. But Greg Berhalter doesn't want the the geo controversy to die. He doesn't want it to die, no matter how much Lodge wants him to kill it. He uh, yeah. doesn't want it to die.
2: Yeah, it's 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 pretty stupid at this point. Like, what did he say? He's like. Um, well, he went to the leadership conference. Let's, let's timeline this first, right? Oh, you want to go all the way back? Well, let's, let's just, like, recap it for the viewers here. So sure, okay. At yeah. a, a high-level timeline, uh, unrest during the World Cup, you know, caused the issues, caused the controversy, caused, you know, then the whole thing with his family, where you know they weren't talking to each other, where the accus- accusations came in, um, you know, accusing somebody of doing something 20 years ago that happened to be true, you know, whatever uh, that was all, all under the bridge, mm-hmm. um, and now he's saying, you know, like at a leadership conference, putting it behind him and everything, you know, like I handled this perfectly because, you know. I'm not going to get into that, but um, then now he's, you know, talking about bringing in like what a leadership counsel person or like a, a therapist mediator. or some kind of mediator. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah. A mediator Bonner. to talk to your player and mind you world cup was nine months ago, nine months ago at this yeah. point. So like you haven't talked to a guy who's probably going to be integral to your team. I mean, you saw the number 10 that we had, had flashes. Malik Tillman had flashes. Yeah. I'm not going to talk negative about People are calling him them. the
0: Kirkland Gio Reyna. Kirkland
2: Gio Reyna. That's good. <laughs> I like that. Kirkland Wedges. Shout out Kirkland Wedges. Um, no, it's like you need to at least have a conversation with the guy. We saw that he was in Germany at the time, but he still refuses to bring him in. You know, he has the, he has the ability to say, oh, well, I didn't need to pull him in at this point because of his injury. Right. And so, like, it needs to happen before November, I want to
0: say. Yeah.
2: So, I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think I. It seems there's there's rumors circulating that he's going to go meet with them now in Germany, but like what? Like I don't know. Max, what are your what are your thoughts?
1: Uh, do you, either of you guys watch Winning Time? Yeah, uh, show. It. You watch it? Oh, Great is it the show. Lakers
0: show. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: for for our viewers, if I, hopefully some of our viewers have seen Winning Time, Greg Berhalter, the way he handles like personal relationships with players reminds me of Jason Siegel. in yeah. Winning yeah. Time. Yeah. For I think he plays Paul Westfall's name of the coach mm-hmm. in real life. He just like. In, in the show, Jason Segel plays, like, this really corny, like, you, history teacher, like, coach that, like, quotes, like, history and shit. Mm. I feel like – and he's, like, he doesn't know how to deal with players and treats players like they're, like, you know, high school kids and shit. I just kind of get that same vibe from, from Greg. Like, it just feels like this is just, like, being a co- leader of men 101, being a coach 101 is being able to deal – like, talk to your players and deal with these sort of things. Mm-hmm. And, like, it just seems like he's, like – he doesn't has no feel at all for like dealing yeah. with these sorts of situations and relationships. Yeah, and I, I feel like we need our Pat Riley. The USMT needs their Pat Riley. Greg yeah. Berhalter. Sorry, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but, um, but yeah, it just feels like he doesn't have a good feel for this. I think it's ridiculous the mediator mm-hmm. stuff. I really do. I
2: um, mean, yeah, he iced him out first time. He's iced him out since. Like, you, you got to do something, man. Yeah. It, at this point, it's just like the fear of failure is just kicking in and it's like uh, paralysis. It's analysis paralysis. I don't know. It, yeah. I'm over
0: it. I um, also wonder about, you know, if, if you guys noticed, I didn't think Tim Ream played particularly well in this these last two games. And he's 36 coming off an injury, right? So, like, there, and he had an incredible season out of nowhere. Right. W- whatever, right? All to say, like, I wouldn't mind having another veteran left center back um, this one John Brooks, yeah. back in the conversation, which like, he's starting in the Boons League every week now. Like people are clamoring for it, but that's
2: just not the coach to do it for either of them. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, like that one's that one is much for you know Geo's gonna be back in October, but like that's also on the table for me. Is like, are you still so bad with the John Brooks thing that happened like two years, two, two years, years ago? Freshman, what what exactly happened with John Brooks? So it's there's complete speculation. He got pulled from a game at halftime, so it was the first window of, of qualification September two years ago Mm -hmm. Um, and the U.S. tied their first game 0-0 against El Salvador and then tied again at home against Canada and they were down 1-0 in Honduras and basically John Brooks was culpable for the first goal and Greg pulled John Brooks and they staged like a second half comeback or whatever. Um, and they won 4 one, but Mm -hmm. we never saw John Brooks ever again. And we got just a litany of excuses that all contradicted one another about like, Oh, John's hurt right now. John needs to sort his club situation out. Uh, we just don't like his style. Like it was one thing after another. Um, and, and that's why he hasn't been back. So, so yeah, so there's definitely, people definitely point out that Greg has had some, some gripes and, and it just seems like there's guys he doesn't like. And, and, um, None scarier, I think, than this Geo situation. you guys mind if I kick off the hot take session? Because I got one right here for you. We're going to go. For we're it. Gonna intermix, but I got one for you. No, let's, let's just go for it, yeah. All right, so you know the system. This is how our hot takes are going to work. One of us gives the take. It's going to be rated 1 to 5 on how hot the take is, 5 being the hottest, and 1 to 5 on how accurate it is, 5 being the most accurate. Greg Burhalter is not the most culpable person in not speaking to Gio Reyna, this whole situation. The most culpable person in all of this is Matt Crocker for even thinking about rehiring somebody without making them sign on the dotted line that this was priority A. You just had on field, you're just talking on field, you just had a blow up with one of your most important players. I think we all at this point can agree that like we need that creative number 10 to get us to the next level. You just had a huge, a player of huge importance, huge blow up, That's got to be dealt with immediately. As he's interviewing people, that should be the most immediate thing. Now, some people are actually throwing out a a theory, like a working theory here, that Greg, the mediator, and all these things are because of some legal implication with Greg. Initially, Greg going on record saying that there was a blackmail attempt. That was something that Greg said. Um, And so people are throwing around that working theory, right? Mm -hmm. For me, like, if that's the case... Should have ruled them out entirely from the job. If if it was gonna, if part of that was gonna be like, okay, hey, this isn't gonna be settled for another five months. Should have ruled them out entirely. Like this is so ridiculous that's it gone on. You, that's just we're just talking extras and those, okay? Yeah. Like move past that. Purely from a culture, from a fan thing. Like everyone watched us not make the World Cup in 2018. You watched all the disputes go on with the the women's team. The U.S. Soccer Federation reeks of like incompetence twenty four seven, right? Mm-hmm. And to draw out a PR disaster that reflected what everyone knows to be true, which is like spoiled soccer parents, that from a PR standpoint also should have been priority one. Mm-hmm. So as much as I can I it's inexplicable to me that Greg Burhalter has not talked to Gio. Like I can't, I don't know why, like, you know, there's that legal theory. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense. It's more egregious to me that this guy Matt Crocker who quite frankly has had a clean slate for this rehired a coach who, who who he did not ensure this was gonna be priority a with i i
1: yeah for in terms of accuracy I'd definitely give that a five out of five hotness th- three to four but i I totally agree with you um I, like how it's part of the decision criteria that has to come in your mind yeah like like how like the, he really had all the leverage in that situation to make a call and ensure we have our future set for us. And it seems like he kind of just picked Greg and, and, and really with no rhyme or reason. Well, seems like the same incompetence.
2: Right. And then, he, and then he pushed it off on what, like an independent agency who did the hiring, wasn't yeah. it? Classic move. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty classic. That's a pretty classic.
0: You're talking about Matt Crocker, like rehire in the rehiring process. Yeah. He yeah, said yeah, yeah, that so it so was like an like independent consultants. agency consultants. And, like, and then with the thing we talked about last episode, there was even a little part of his conference. He slipped in where he was like, you know, Greg really met every criteria set out, and then like, at some point he's <laughs> like, "Well, you know, Greg practically made the criteria a few years ago," and yeah. you're like, "Wait, he just had the answer key?" <laughs> yeah. Like, just yeah. This just this crazy. feels like
1: not to bring another analogy into this, but this feels like. So at, at a bar this weekend, we went for the Browns game to watch this very big sports <laughs> bar to watch the Browns game. And before the game, we realized that they were getting the game on these big screen TVs on Stream East, the pirate stream site. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it reminded me this reminds me of that for because when you're at a bar like this, you kind of just assume that they have everything under control. Yeah. And that like they have people like that know what they're doing and like smart people that have done this before and are making the right decisions. That's the always assumption you like to carry yourself with yeah. but then when you have a little a look behind the curtain and see that they're actually trying to get the game on stream east you see truly how dumb they are <laughs> and that's what this feels like with Matt Crocker is we kind of based on some of the things we're seeing we're getting a look behind the curtain of how he's making these decisions and you're like oh he's English and they're so actually he's smart. oh he's English he's smart and he's actually maybe a complete idiot you know? Yeah. and that's what like maybe we're seeing between these penis t- this group but yeah um, but yeah that's what it reminded me of but yeah just that's, just that's a, a, great a comedy analogy.
2: I like that okay
0: um yeah so that's the discussion of giorena a man who is trying to fit his way into the midfield uh yeah, you got, you got grades for me. To watch.
2: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go four. I like it a lot. I like it a lot, and you know, we'll see probably in the next six months whether or not I turn it to a five. You know, maybe we'll go back on this, and I'll be like, wow, Wait, on Christian. the spiciness
0: or the accuracy.
2: On the accuracy, I think spiciness. You know, it's it's probably a, th- a three or a four as well. But I think accuracy wise, like it, it makes sense. It tracks. It reads. All right. I, like I, I got a hot takes rattle off now. All right, let's go. Let's hear. Um,
1: it. This is gonna take us in a slightly different direction, but uh, this is something I've been thinking about actually for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we saw Mexico put up a pretty underwhelming performance this window. did not look great. Um, so in regards to Mexico, I, really I thought for a minute, you know, Mexico is a Latin American country. They have over 100 million people in their, in their country. Based on that, the prevalence of soccer and their size of their country, should Mexico not be like in the same category as Brazil and Argentina? And so my take based on that, my take, you mean is that you mean they should be happy in terms success. of world dominance. They should be one of the so- power, football powers of the entire world based on their population and the prevalence of football in their country. but and based on that, they are actually you know if you think about it, the most disappointing in, in like so- population and soccer culture and adjusted biggest disappointment in world football.
0: For what they're out, like wow. their expected output. Dude, I'm just watching myself clip this. They're expected <laughs> just get, getting every all the Mexican fans. Yeah, shout yeah, out, shout out, oh, shout out, is out is. our Mexican fans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, your team's not. You're just. I bet. I truly, truly think that Mex should Mexico not be a world power based on their their prop like the size of their country.
2: I don't necessarily know if world power, but I agree that they should what, be a lot. They should be a right, lot. They should be a lot what's,
1: what's stopping Mex- them? Mexico? Has double the population of Argentina. Why is Mexico not at least in the same category as Argentina?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, soccer's their sport. What? Soccer's their sport. Mexico, right? Yeah. yeah. It's their sport. Yeah, that's actually a great point. Like, what? Like, what? Why aren't they? I'm, giving, aren't they that a, power? I'm giving that a 4-4. Four, four. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll take that. Uh, I right, I'm going it a 3 3-hot. Three four accuracy
2: i'm gonna go four hot three accuracy i mean i don't i, I, feel, go, I feel like there's a fact that we're just not thinking of here that i can't think of on the spot that i'm just like as soon as i hear well him, i think like, that's the, the point f- there's yeah, a, yeah like, then what is the factor it, yeah. what is the
0: factor oh what's your reason like you're a, just assuming i'm I mean, it's like you're <laughs>
1: reverse stream east you're assuming i'm wrong until <laughs> <it's> <laughs> proven right all right all <laughs> right all right, right.
0: Four, yeah i mean like you bullied me into it max congratulations you think about like um Shout-out to Mexican listeners. Of <laughs> <laughs> which there are many. Um, yeah, I feel like you think about um, – I, I, there's been lots of discussion about, like, why their development's been so bad and how they, like – they basically think their, their domestic league, which is, like, slightly better than the MLS, they think it's, like, the NBA. Like, they think it's, like, good. Mm-hmm. So their, their players keep going to Europe and then failing and then coming right back. And, like, mm-hmm. that's – just, that whole discussion is about like how Mexico has dropped below the United States, not how like Mexico should be way above to begin with. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a great take. I would actually love to dig more into that. I've, yeah, I, I would hope there's a factor that somebody can give me, but I think you're probably more right than anything else. Oh,
2: yeah, I I, I mean my, my best guess is like what where everybody's widespread enough. Like uh, so, my my
1: one theory is, I, I so I think there I think it's kind of an a like like Christian's point. Um, I think their league is just good enough where it's easier for their top players to settle for it. Like I feel, I feel like because it's decent and it's perceived to be better than it probably is, like players are more content to stay there. longer. Right, especially if you longer. grew up in the culture and exactly. you're like, oh, these. Th- the so passion, I think for, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. So I think because of that, maybe that stunts their growth, their growth as a national team. But that's my only theory, and I don't like that's j- barely begins to even put a dent in like the explanation for why I think there's a disparity for what they should. So be. like yeah.
2: I, I think I can explain Argentina a little bit. And this is, this is like just right off the cuff here. Yeah. I just confirmed it with stats. So the population is unequally distributed on the land that they have. They have more than 50% of the population either in Buenos Aires or right outside of Buenos Aires. So that means that if you get talent ID'd from a young age, you have the ability to travel very closely to a pretty high-class facility, get like ID'd pretty young, go into those areas, Developed pretty well. Don't know the same thing about Brazil. I assume that there's like, I mean, Brazil has a lot of large cities. I would assume Mexico has them as, has them as well. However, Mexico is like, pretty pretty large and maybe is a little bit more sporadically spread,
0: like geographically yeah. in
2: terms of population distribution. That's my working theory. Okay, that that actually that,
0: I like that. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, like, I th- still th- I th- then you kind of you can like, I mean, you can make the same can, argument. You can like, like the take a, take a one step down and be like, okay, well, you know, like Mexico City's gigantic still your number one right. sport so like you should probably be exporting more talent because you export none yeah like your talent level is abysmal for for the size of your country and how much it you is. love soccer uh, um but yeah that's i like that yeah and, and like the studies have shown right like the most successful countries like like germany right like the huge bulk of that talent comes from like that that frankfurt dortmund like west germany area it's like compared to the whole size of the country it's really like a pocket mm-hmm. so like yeah that like that that talent concentration is like a huge deal mm-hmm. all right you, you I feel like you can bring it back down to a three now that you've just yeah. you've just brought your no, supporting I, evidence I, I, I like the four forefront. I like four okay um,
2: so my yeah so my hot take and this is going to be I'm going to this one's going to need some explaining so my hot take is that there is a 50 percent chance no I'm going to go 60 75 percent chance that by the next world cup Matt Turner will not be our starting number one that's a hot take, and this is this is due to the fact that right now, nine months after the World Cup, we are already getting rumors that he might not start start for his team. You know who that happened to last? You when he made a large move and thought that he was going to get time. Zach Steffen. Zach Steffen became he went into Europe. Granted, Matt. Matt Turner's been in Europe for a little bit, you know, has a little bit of experience, is now the Nottingham number one. However, with Greek owners, with the new Greek goal- goalkeeper, there's rumors that he probably might lose the position. Um, you know, same thing with Ethan Horvath. He's already off the team. I don't know what yeah, that's I don't screwed. know. he got screwed. Like, he's yeah. just not even there. Um, but Zach Steffen, I don't know if you guys remember, two years ago was our number one captain. And just, like, because of the game time that he didn't get, because well, of like, – What do you
0: mean that's the game time he didn't get?
2: Because of the game time, he didn't get in England, at Man City. At Man like, City, it, okay, okay. And then he started to transfer away, and he started to you know have poor performances. I think yeah. it's it's all about confidence with the goalkeeper. And Matt Turner, more credit to him, he's he has all the confidence in the world right now. He took that gold cup like two years ago, ran with it, has been playing fantastically, out of his mind since then. Very happy with his play. However, all it takes is one bad year and you are right back on the chopping block. Like, to say that he's a captain now and to say that he has all the autonomy in the world to just, like, be that guy, and then, you know, oh, he has a little bit of a bad time, I don't think there's that case for goalkeepers right now. I think you got Gagas Lonino right there, ready to pounce. You got another guy probably coming in. Um, I don't think that Ethan Horvath is that far off if he gets a decent move, you know, maybe a lateral move to a very lower team or, like, a medium team in, like, a medium league, you know, Mm -hmm. in Europe. I think he has the ability to overtake him as number one as well. I don't think it's that crazy. Okay, so here's here's what I'll say to that. I, hotness, I think it's definitely a four or five. I'm it's with a four on that. A four, a four, uh, on, that. four yeah. on hot, but I think
1: accuracy, I don't want to say two. I'll, I'll, I'll say a three in terms of accuracy. And here's, I'm going to say two.
2: going to say two? Okay. Here's why.
1: I, so, I mean, in terms of goalkeepers, I feel like their status in the in the team really matters a lot less what their club's thing's looking like. I mean, let's think about Matt Turner even for now. I mean, he was playing – he became our starter – as just a pretty, you know, as a, just a guy in the MLS. Mm-hmm. Up getting until this, consistent games Up on. until this point, he's been the backup on Arsenal. Hasn't really been playing all that much for Arsenal. He's just really established himself in terms of his performances with the team, sort of aside from the club performances it's already.
2: A, you're just going through exactly what Zach Steffen had done, where he was, you know, the starter, and then okay. he went over to Man City, but was so, the so backup. Okay, I'm getting to, I'm getting to this. Mm-hmm. So what I would say
1: is his, his status is purely tied to his performances and – performances with the US team Mm -hmm. and the availability of an option that might be better than him. His performances with the team have been great to this point there's been given he's given us no reason to doubt his position as a starter and i don't really think there's anyone sitting there that's really threatening for the time being i mean slonino i mean where the hell is he playing fucking Sylvania, i don't know <laughs> um, he's out he's there a, right now he,
0: he's, he's gonna be a starter in belgium this year but i i would very much agree with you that yeah he's, he's far so off in, in,
1: in absence of like anyone that really poses a threat i think matt turner is is totally fine
0: unless he starts blundering
2: well Three years, three years out. A lot, out, of, time. Time. It's a lot yeah, of time. Yeah, I think
0: I think I'm I'm with Max, and I I, I would like emphasize too the yeah. idea that like uh, I just don't think like the the pipeline doesn't look that good. Like Gaga seems like he's still pretty darn far away, yeah. um, and I really I really agree that that Turner's like and you you think about how Turner got usurped, right? Turner um, allowed or Turner, excuse me. You think about how Stefan got usurped by Turner, because mm-hmm. Turner played the Gold Cup. Well, Turner just said, "Screw that, that's not happening." He just played the whole Gold Cup himself. So I, I never thought about it, but maybe that was his way of like, <laughs> let's do a little insurance policy. Actually, no brilliant strategy, <laughs> yeah. In respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I just think he's been so good. He's been really good. I, I think the diff the difference for me is that Jack Stefan was good, not great. Whereas I think Turner's been great for us. And I thought Stefan was like not all that great when he did play for city. And then I would go as far to say like he got, he got the move and was bad versus like Turner was all right at Arsenal last year and um, has started this year. All right. So uh, that's, that's my take, but I, I see where you're coming from. If, if the pipeline was strong, like, even if honestly lodge, like, if Zach Steffen, who isn't playing soccer right now, we don't even know what he's doing, yeah. and Ethan Horvath just got, is now the number three goalie at Nottingham Forest with no chance to leave. Like, he can't leave until yeah. at least January. Like, mm-hmm. I just think the prospects behind him are so bad. Where but is Zach Steffen? Is he just, no he's just like not free agent. Yeah. I think, I, I think he's still on contract at City, but like, I don't know what he's doing. I think he might be in the U.S., like, just screwing around somewhere, mm-hmm. but, um, I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that. I agree I agree you guys
2: make some good points. I want to say this before we leave it. Yeah. 4 years ago. Did you know Matt Turner's
0: name? No. It's a long time. It's a long time. It's a long time. It's a long long time. Who was somebody was killing me for that too. I was saying the Vanity Fair article that revealed that Gio and, and Greg had spoken together. Mm-hmm. At the end of the, the article the guy throws in um if if the U.S. men's national team is going to replicate or exceed the run that Greg Berhalter made as a player in 2002, the quarterfinals of the World Cup. He's going to need Gio Reyna. And I was like, that is such a preposterous like, like thing to just like – well, I think it's totally reasonable for a journalist to like throw on the table like, this is the only way this is happening with mm-hmm. this player who has played 20% of available minutes – of available club minutes over the past two years. Yeah. Like that's just so weird to me and bizarre. So my take was I very well think while using a number 10 is going to be the most important thing mm-hmm. for the U S to get to the next ceiling. Like it could just as easily be Malik Tillman or Paxton Aronson. Yeah. Like those guys for me, like there's no reason at this point it, stacking their talent against a more talented, but way more injury prone Gio arena to say that like Gio's way out in front of those, those guys, I think. Um, and but to echo what you said, it's three years away. It's three years. It's away. so far away yeah. that like something like that could totally happen.
2: Like I think what the funniest thing was seeing those twenty twenty six rosters right as the World Cup ended. Yeah, and you're just like, I ah, no, no chance. Yeah, no chance.
0: Yeah, like well. I remember seeing like uh, starters would be like John Brooks and DeAndre Yedlin at yeah. the World Cup. Like, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. Nope. So, so yeah. All right. Uh, to talk a little bit more about the games, um, before we jump back into our, the rest of our hot takes, but um, that first Uzbekistan game, Greg did something interesting with the midfield. Uh, the first 30 minutes of that game, I actually thought we looked really sharp. We scored the goal like really early on, and mm-hmm. I thought I had a few chances. You know, Balogun was really close to heading one in that I think would have probably turned everyone's like outlook on the game <laughs> around. I'm sure Greg would have appreciated that one going in, uh, but he, what Greg actually did was he ran a three man midfield of uh Weston and Eunice as kinda like eights, like attacking eights, um, with still some decent you know, defensive responsibility. And then he ran Luca De La Torre as the, the like deep playmaking six, kinda like a Jorginho mm-hmm. uh type player where, you know, it wasn't expected that just cause he's playing defensive mid, he's gonna turn into Tyler Adams, but you know, he could like dictate the play and maybe like Add some real uh, like poise to our attack against. It was kind of neat. It, I liked it. It was neat. You know, yeah. he like he's got a really good like he's just kind of like a dribbler, good mm-hmm. quiet passer. You know, sits like, back
2: and pings. He just sits back and pings. It's cool. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So I I th- and I think he carries the ball decently well too, kind of like Musa does. So mm-hmm. so I actually liked that. I thought it worked well until uh, he got his nose broken in the in the thirtieth minute and had to come out, and that was where Berhalter put Tanner Testman on who if you don't know who Tanner Tessman is, he's just like a guy who plays in Italy, in the second division of Italy. And it just got really ugly from there. I would say that was like the McKenny Musa adams destroyer midfield with the worst version of Tyler Adams. Um, And that was where it just turned into this Burhalter ball, like playing against a low block, which we saw so much in CONCACAF, right, where we would walk into these countries with like the more talented team and they would just hang out in a low block and try and frustrate us. And Uzbekistan did exactly that. And like you said, all these... Aimless crosses floating in. And that was definitely like a really, really frustrating watch. Um, and we got like two garbage time goals and against 10 men, which um, <laughs> was, yeah, it, it was ugly. And I think like more than anything, right? I know I saw some people throwing out how Uzbekistan had 11 goals or Uzbekistan was ranked this or ranked that. And you're like, okay, talent wise, I want to just blow these guys away right. every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, this is like, I think Greg's got to be held to such, like, th- just way higher standard this time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um
2: I would agree, especially against you know poor poor competition that we had there, and just like yeah, start, it's, he started it off on the wrong foot. Like yeah. let's be honest, he, he did. It was it was unfortunate. Yeah, like you just got as much as much as we talk them. bad about the guy. Like I I wish he would have started a little bit. Yeah,
0: better. I, like I, I yeah I was I was always gonna have a difficult time after that Geo saga. Like I was ready to go, like ready to get behind him, and then yeah after this this sec this he's, other iteration,
2: he's uh,
1: he's really good at like constantly framing our team as like a work in progress yeah like (laughs) he does does, like a really good job of like of like flipping flipping the way people think about the team around Mm -hmm. it's like the constantly being like chasing something that we're not and like we should be it like we should be coming into our own like we should be blowing out these teams and looking good like yeah we should be all these things And, and he does a really good job of just head faking everyone into thinking, mm-hmm. like, oh, like, we still have a long way to go, work in progress. Right. We still, like, it like should be g- gaslighting <laughs> you into believing yeah, this is where we should literally be. Literally gaslighting, yeah. yeah. So it's, he's good at that, if, if nothing else. But, um, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm.
2: i mean can we get into the second game? Yeah, yeah let's talk second game, yeah. Second game. I don't know if you guys saw that interview. I think I mentioned it in our group chat. That was like, Brendan Aronson said, yeah, we've really been working on playing the ball back post. <laughs> oh. I, like, watched that second game and I was like, no shit. Oh, my God, how many balls did Weston play in the first half to that back post? At least 10, like, if not 15 or 20. It was ridiculous. Well, it was working well. Those balls are good. It was, it like was working, but, like, I mean, do you think that's going to work against a higher-level team? Do you think it was – I mean, I, you can take the game as a training session, sure, but, like, at some point you need to do something a little bit different. Well, what I, what I would say is, like – I mean, we did get the one goal off of it. The one goal looked well, fantastic. I, I think yeah, the was,
1: diagonal balls from Weston to, to, like – a wide, I actually kind of like. I don't think that's necessarily like an aimless Halter ball, class. right? That's I feel like I, I feel like that's actually good, like a good guy, right,
2: right? But I think, like, you know, after you do it five times in a single yeah. half, if you play a halfway decent team, like they're probably either a gonna sharpen up and say, okay, maybe we should have a guy, you know, playing over there, or b they'll sub somebody out and put like a center back out left back. Like it's not crazy for that to happen. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I agree. I it see was, what you're saying, but it's like one of those things, like you know, like when you work on something in training for a few days, and then the, you have the game right after it. Like for that game, especially in a warm kind of warm up game, like you're probably gonna be overemphasizing that thing. You learned. I I agree. I don't but,
2: know. It was just it, it was like beating a dead horse, and every time I saw it, it was like, I, this is not gonna work against a better team. Like, well, we yeah, do-
0: but I I don't think I think you, like I can't sit here and complain about how we looked against Uzbekistan and then be like. Oh, at one zero, we should have let the gas off and tried new things because we're so no, much better than no, no, these no, guys. No. We shouldn't.
2: Have, we shouldn't have let the gas off, but like at the same. But, time but like time, it was
0: working, so I think I think going away from that is kind of letting the gas off.
2: Okay, okay, I don't know.
0: But so here's what I'll say, Lodge. When I saw that quote, I was thinking that I think we all collectively moaned because we were like, "Oh, that sounds like Burhalter ball. That sounds like." Passing the ball around the horseshoe, not knowing what to do next, hitting a completely aimless cross. Whereas, like, what what Weston and, and I don't know, quite frankly, I can't say for sure, like, if what Brendan Aronson was talking about was those Weston switches. It, it seemed like it was. Okay. So, e- either way, though, like, we've all seen those, those ugly, like, random crosses that I feel like, you know, you'll see Polisic hit a bunch of them in. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, that didn't feel like that. It felt more like they were playing a Diamond, and we overloaded the – we would like – Weston was really overloading that, that left side, and then they were like drawing the, te- the other team over to that left side, and then he was hitting a switch that like totally opened up the game, which was, you know, where that first, first goal came from. So I, I personally got no problem with it. I, but. I
2: think I, for me personally, watching it, it felt like putting a Band-Aid on the Titanic. Like we we have been trying to have some kind of link up play to have some kind of something in the middle.
0: So, so you would have right, liked like kind of like I would have liked to, soccering. I you know, at least right. try to figure it out.
2: You know, like it, it wasn't it wasn't a matter of figuring it out. It was oh okay. You know how we've been playing those balls back and forth, back and forth. Well, let's just play it. You know, the next progression. Let's play it a little bit more vertical. And so we'll have a little bit more depth. It's still pretty pregressed. Yeah. It, yeah, it's like we can have a little bit more where we said we did something different. It's the exact okay. same thing, just like put a different label on it. Okay, interesting. Um. It it felt it felt like shades of you know everything I'd seen before, and that's why I was so frustrated. We,
1: we, we yearn for that BJ Tiki Taka. Yeah, we
2: really do. We really do. <laughs> yeah, strength and conditioning coach. What did you I'm guys
0: sure. uh, What did you guys think of Malik Tillman's performance? Like, I think you know, after that first game, lots of people were clamoring for the use of a ten, mm-hmm. and they they did uh, put Tillman in in that game as the ten. Um, I thought he's i thought he was all right I, I think he's solid but like I think you see especially with Balagoon, like I think he definitely lacks
1: like that ability geo has to be able to like kind of break the lines he like doesn't yeah he, need, he's not, he he's not he's not great at he, he still doesn't quite have that knack for like being able to break lines super well yeah I thought his performance was good but like like we said balagoon's you know obviously in some form or fashion was seemed to be frustrated with Mm -hmm. how we were playing and i think a big part of that is like him not being able to really break in behind with who we had like in that 10 in that 10 spot in the midfield
2: breaking the lines and then he just like i mean i think he beat one or two guys but like you expect him to like take more people on yeah like you know moving forward i think for these next couple games if he does get the call up and he does play i'd like to see him take some people on
0: yeah yeah i agree he definitely like um Definitely have like a little bit of a trot going the whole game. Like but I, I do think like just the few the few kind of incisive moments that he did have for me were really encouraging and were kind of a like vindication of what we've been asking for all along, which mm-hmm. is just like put the other team on the back foot a little bit. Like it was back to I just think it was back in that first game. They just had nothing to think about. Like you, when you when you when you're passing around the horseshoe, th- that team sits there and goes, "Oh man, they're not going to score on us." Like mm-hmm. if we get this ball back, we can we can counterattack. But it's not life or death. Like we can play with each other a little bit, and we don't have to worry about a turnover leading to a goal because these guys have no interest in being direct. Like they're mm-hmm. not going to they, yeah, they don't scare us. You so. Know, yeah. Um, yeah, but I was overall I was happy with the game, so I actually went to the game. Yeah, um, didn't mention I didn't that. Realize, let's, yeah. yeah, let's let's talk about that. Yeah, so experience? it was it was a good trip, man. I you know I uh, so Max, did you see you've seen the the yeah A-team, I saw you were there. or sorry, but you you've seen the eighteen play right? So I know Lodge got to see a couple of USA Mexico game.
1: Um, have I like ever? Yeah. Uh, I've seen a couple. I, I don't know. Game, I didn't I, know if you guys know, went whatever. to some
0: games, but anyways, I had never been to the yeah. c- seen the A team yet. I saw they were in the Midwest, which to be fair is not like an infrequent occurrence. But yeah. but <laughs> I was like um, I was like, yeah, I gotta get to a game. Um, Cheat little plane ticket to uh, to Minnesota, where my our buddy just moved. Um, and shout we, out to shout out to Patty. Shout out to Patty. Patty, Patty. Thanks for having us. I don't yeah. know. If we, I don't think he listens to our pod, but maybe I'll let him know. I'll Yeah, let him know we shout him you up. You got a shout out. Um, so yeah, went to uh, flew to Minneapolis. It was a. Uh, Good. First time in the Twin Cities, so it was, it was cool seeing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, very beautiful. They got beautiful lakes. Like, t- like I knew they had lakes in Minnesota, but I didn't know we were talking like lake 10 lakes. steps off downtown, like oh, gorgeous really? lake, which is cool. Nice. Um. Yeah, so got dinner before, showed up at the game, caught, so caught a little bit of warm-ups. Um, uh, that, so it's at it was at Alliance Field Lodge. Mm-hmm. I know you're a Byron fan, and Byron plays at the Allianz. Everybody. I think there's yeah.
2: three total in the world, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, and um, Allianz Field is very much like modeled after. Yeah. Allianz uh, mean, Arena, you, know, you can tell it's got the same, like, kind of like saucer look to it. Is
1: Allianz insurance? I don't know what they if do. If there's ever a company name I don't recognize, but it's
0: big, just I, just assume, I just assume it's insurance. Yeah, like, all right, uh, Lodge, you're, gonna look, you're gonna look that up while Was I Aon talk. Is insurance? Um, Aon is insurance, international
2: final um, financial services provider. Okay, so insurance, oh, insurance, all right, <laughs> some of some sort. I'm sure they, that, I'm that's, sure that's, they do some that's, kind that's of insurance. that's
0: yeah, that's insurance. insurance. That's, a, that's in the offering. Yeah. Um, so yeah it was a really cool stadium um you know the atmosphere wasn't wasn't awesome, as you guys probably could see on t v and was the case in the first friendly against Uzbekistan in St Louis mm-hmm. um after Greg berhalter called St Louis the capital of soccer in america yeah. and and had a terrible showing, which is kind of sucks um but yeah it was it was all right you know it was it was a friendly on a Tuesday night got exactly what I wanted to see out of it, which is was seeing our guys in person so it, it was a great experience I, nice. I, I enjoyed cool. it um but Definitely, I think that's a, that is a topic in and of itself. Just um, unless you guys got anything else in the game, um, I got nothing. On we, the got, game. we got we got we had a Balogun goal. Yeah, Pepe. Scored. I got I got
2: one more hot take, but I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let yeah, you go I for that. I got yeah. one more hot take too. Yeah,
0: we so so just to recap the goals in that in that game before I, I talk about the attendance a little bit more, um, you had that really nice really nice play at the beginning of the game that Balogun scored on. Brendan Aronson chipped in with the the ugliest free kick you've ever seen. Yeah, before Pepe scored, and then there was a there was an own goal that. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Paredes came on for his debut. Another young prospect. Everybody's been um, talking about him. Yeah, he, yeah, I thought he looked lively. Yeah, I kind of not a lot. He of was like tripping size. over his feet, but he yeah. did. I think I think if you come in and you put a goal contribution, I, I like what I saw. He's I like think he's, he's got like got that potential. little dog that's just like too too big
2: for or his paws are too big for his body. Yeah, you yeah. and you're like, uh, oh, he, this he, is good he ball could ball be
0: He <laughs> could be something. Yeah, yeah, we're excited. Um, so yeah, let's talk about attendance. Like I went to the, and then we went to the Twins game the next day, right? So we're talking. Night game, U.S. men's national team, thirteen thousand fans. I go to the Twins game the next day. It's at noon on a Wednesday, eighteen thousand fans. And I'm like, damn, that that hits you right in the face. Yeah, like, wow. So I've got a theory that, and we're gonna we're gonna put this on the hot takes meter. But U.S. soccer, the lone way to achieving regular attendance is either. A semifinal berth in the World Cup, or the true development of a star star player, and I don't think there's anything else you can do. I don't think you can lower ticket prices. I don't think you can market a little bit better. I truly and well like. Did you truly believe that's the only avenue? Did you see what they're trying to do? What, what this new uh, complex a, they're building? Well, they're
2: moving to Atlanta, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's the first step, is yeah. what they say. You know, like you gotta. Build it and they will come. Yada yada. Yeah, I and so well, What you, they're though. building is like yeah. a full on
0: like U.S. At, soccer training facility yeah. that, that they've never had before.
2: And they were talking about Pulisic being that guy, you know, that superstar player that right. like brought us in. Granted, fantastic for so the dude, game. Seventy nine in FIFA. So, yeah, we're looking at we're looking at ratings right now, and we've been talking about it all day. Uh, if you're if you're not sure if he's going to be an eighty or a seventy nine with a potential of like eighty three to eighty four, we need like an eighty eight. Yeah, yeah, we need something. Yeah, we need something. Not yeah. not the guy right now. Geo's got actually a better potential.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Well that's all we talk about with Geo's yeah. potential. So how yeah. about he gets on the damn field? Yeah.
2: <laughs> let's see, let's turn that twenty. Could have done a 40%. segment on FIFA ratings. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for I, another maybe for another pod. Yeah, maybe thing. for yeah. another pod. All Where right. were we? Um, we were talking about semifinal birth or world class player. I don't hate it. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go three for hot, I'm gonna go five for validity. I think I think those are probably the two that you need. Because it's like we the the US is so accustomed to seeing so many world class athletes. And we have some world class athletes on our team. Like there we have guys that are just like physical specimens, like just aggressive, can yeah. run all the way up and down the field. Daryl like DK. Daryl DK, <laughs> yeah. Uh like Eunice Musa, that guy just has legs for days. Yeah, Inc- does, impressive. Man. Um, but like you'll never you don't see it because it's not like it's not as flashy or it's not as exciting. as like. It's not yet. putting butts in seats. It's not putting butts in seats. I agree. Yeah. Until uh, we get that guy. I completely
1: agree. And I would even go a step further. I, I mean, in terms of hotness, I would say, for me at least, I feel like it's low on the hotness scale, two, maybe two or three. But I, I do think it's 100% accurate in the sense that – I would even say not even the semifinal World Cup. I would say it's going to take a real generational – like LeBron James, Serena Williams level talent yeah. to really do that because I, I just think if you think about U S sports, there's so much more individualistic, indiv- yeah, individual base. Yeah, I
0: mean you look at the Messi phenomenon right now. That's yeah, phenomenon. like the, we're gonna like Soldier Field will sell out to see one dude. Right. Yeah. they'll Our sell the top hole. Yeah. yeah,
2: the
1: way yeah. Americans think about sports is constantly who's the goat. Yeah, Who, like who's the person of the moment. NBA, LeBron James, that by nature, that's even a more individual based sport. Yeah. Um, Football, you think about football, everyone talks about the quarterback, right? Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. We have this obsession of talking about who's the GOAT, who's the GOAT, who's the best. So I think we need really like that transformational individual player that people are like, holy shit, this guy's like incredible to really, really put, uh, put U.S. soccer back on the map. I don't even know if a semifinal in the World Cup to a casual would be like, oh, semi-final, like nice, well, talk to me when you win a final. Like, I feel like we need, <laughs> I feel like we need like someone that really captivates attention as an individual yeah. player. Yeah.
0: I would add, I also think like a very much an exception to that rule. Had we, as well as we went out and for all strategic initiatives, like that 0-0 with England was a success. Like, had we beat England on Black Friday with the like the largest yeah. audience ever, I think that could have really done something as well. The, but, But even now, you think about, like, Copa America next summer, like... Is there anything that you could do in the Copa America that would turn ahead like even if we beat Messi in the final I still think it would be like like there's going to be some part of the public when is like, the, the what that, the beating Messi in a final
1: it, it but it's not even a guarantee because in some respects if we win the Copa America like you could tell someone we won a casual we won the Copa America and they wouldn't know if that's better or worse than the gold cup right like, you <laughs> know what I mean like yeah. Yeah. so yeah I, maybe like it, it depends on how the story how it how it goes it, and there's a lot of variables there but I wouldn't even say that's a given if we won the Copa America. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah, I agree. Yeah. I
0: think I've been really critical of like people framing our whole team right now in the context of 2026. When you break it down like that, it's like it really could. And, and I know their new U S soccer's new motto is changing soccer in America forever. Mm-hmm. Like the only way to change soccer in America forever is probably that that world's cup. It probably doesn't have anything to do with the Copa America. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. cool. um, so yeah I, uh, don't know how much more I have from the game. Uh, it was a good experience. Did get to see – we haven't talked about it since. I did get to see Christian Pulisic uh, and Eunice Moussa in their home debuts for AC Milan while I was over in oh, Europe yeah. a few weeks ago. That was an absolute blast. I'm sure. Um, oh, yeah, friend. Yeah, so God, game – I've been all over the place. I'm, a little bit, a little Mr. bit. Just worldwide. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> I, 305,
2: Christian Lee, everybody.
0: <laughs> um, so I was with my girlfriend, Caroline. shout out to Caroline. Um, we, we rolled up to the San Siro. Uh, which is where AC Milan and Inter How Milan is the play. Sense? Hallowed
2: ground, yeah. It,
0: it it was pretty sweet. I mean, like, uh, very old stadium. But so, like, you, you, like, pull up on the, like, walk out of the subway. And, like, you know, like, the Grove and uh, old Miss, like, the tailgating thing? Mm-hmm. It's like they have their own little Italian version of that. It's just, like food trucks and, like, apparel really? just, like, lining the walkway to get there, which was <laughs> sweet, and the food, I mean, obviously, you can imagine, just absolute gas, like, paninis yeah. everywhere, oh, my gosh, it was, I, I, like, got a post-game, post-game panini, and it was just uh, off the charts, but, um, so, yeah, the, that, that kind of atmosphere was really good, you know, like, lots of those places, like, selling pre-game beers and stuff, and then, um, yeah, so we, like, filed in, and by, and we looked, we looked like we were great on time, and then we, like, file in, and, By the time Caroline and I, like, got through to go up to our seats, it's like, say it's a 6.30 start, it's like 6.22. And we, like, we dashed up, like, super old stadium, right? So we went, like, 15 flights of stairs just, like, directly up. Absolute gas, getting to our seats. And it's, like, it's Italian summer heat, like, 90 degrees. Mm -hmm. Just people squabbing in the stands and, like, everything you would imagine. And it was really cool being with Caroline and... Walking out to that because I'd been to I'd been to a game in Rome um, that was like and last game of the year super loud atmosphere but just there there's nothing like going to a European soccer stadium and just the cauldron of noise you get yeah uh, the second you step out uh, in, into like into the the, the field so um, yeah we were we were up in like the second or third deck uh, Pulisic started that game Musa was on the bench um, Pulisic had a really good game we were. Uh, there was like some Italian kids sitting behind us and they had like their feet on our chairs and kind of like, you could tell they were like these damn tourists. Like <laughs> we got no respect for these guys. And then, up, uh, like very much watching this transition play happen where Pulisic has the ball in the middle of the field. It's like, it might, might've been like a two, one, three, three, and three. He lays it off for Loftus cheek, who then squares it back. And it's, it's like a tap in all the way if you haven't seen the goal. Mm-hmm. But, um, but so Pulisic just runs onto it and taps it in for his second goal in two games and, and goal on the home debut. Um, but, like, from where we were sitting, I, like, you just saw it happening. I was like, oh, it's over. And just, like, blacked out, whipped the American flag I had in my pocket out and was just going, <laughs> just going absolutely nuts, um, going crazy. And, like, Caroline's, like, watching me do this. And she, like, took a peek up at these Italian kids that were, like, up like up top of us and she was like i instantly knew in that moment that they gained some serious respect for us <laughs> so they, they knew this wasn't just some stop on the uh let's go see the duomo let's go to the game this yeah. was this was the main event that's cool. Um, <laughs> so uh that was that was like just unbeatable experiencing seeing plus six score in his home debut and then unis musa got in the game too so it was it was like unreal night at the san siro mm-hmm. um that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that it, was was great. Great. it was like super. That fun actually crazy. kind of
1: ties in perfectly with my next hot take. Yeah,
0: let's hear it. That's all. That's all I got from that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we can. T- we're gonna take a quick break. All, all right, right. Welcome back to the American Soccer Crash Course. We're gonna wrap up with our hot takes. Max, you're up.
1: So my hot take, as it relates to Christian Pulisic, Christian Pulisic within the next two years is going to get a big transfer back to the Premier League for fifty million pounds plus. I think in the, in the next two years, he's he's with the trajectory he's on with Milan. I think he's going to get signed. I don't know who. I don't know what's going to happen. Premier League. There's so much money in the Premier League now. I feel like 50 million isn't even saying that much. But I think he's going to get whatever the amount is, what we would consider a big transfer back to the Prem within two years.
2: Thoughts. <sighs> two years is. Ah, do I, you think? Do you think he's going to go?
0: Yeah, that's that's my question. Yeah, because like I
2: I don't think I don't think he's like. I, that's totally possible. 100% possible. I'm going to put, like, I'm going to put it into like, a three right now. Because, like, I would say one on the possibility. But, like, five on, like, would he go back? I mean, that was horrible experience that he had. Like I'm I, not
1: saying Chelsea. I, I'm I not
2: saying Chelsea either. But, like, at the same time, like, probably left a bad taste in his mouth. He, I mean, obviously, you know, like, a player probably wants to go back to, like, an English-speaking country. Like, you kind of get that sort of thing. Yeah. But, Especially uh, with all the
1: money in the Premier League. Te- like, now I feel like there's more teams that are opening up as actual candidates to... Pay big for Pulisic, like I think it could be. I mean, Liverpool comes, in, Klopp. I think would is a Pulisic guy. Newcastle, maybe I could see Newcastle in a big I could, bid. I could see. Um, well, I, I don't know. I, 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 that's it's a hot. It's really not something I've put a lot of thought into. That's why it's a hot take. But
0: I, I, yeah, I'd put it at three and three. I think two years is probably too soon. I would be shocked by two. Maybe like, and, and for me, my guess is more like. So what is it? So it's we're talking, right now is. Um, we're talking. This is fall 2023, right? So, I think he's gonna want to. He's. I think he stays at Milan at least. And by the way, I don't know what the trajectory is gonna be. Like, I think he's a, we got a lot to prove here. But, um, I think he's gonna if if he's playing well and stuff and a starter at Milan and they're in the Champions League, I think he's gonna want to be there till the World Cup in 2026 and not have another transfer. I don't in think that that's time. crazy. Yeah, that's a yeah. fair point.
2: Maybe it's a fair point. point. Maybe post World Cup. Okay, I don't know. Yeah,
0: I could see it.
1: I don't know. I was just rattling off. That's a hot no, take. Pure
2: hot a, take. That's a that's a pure hot take. I like that.
0: All right, I got a I got a plus 6 one. Okay. We're on the subject. Yeah, go for it. Plus Plusic's trajectory does not contradict the fact that he was very much part of the problem at Chelsea. Um I watched him play those last two games and just stink it up. And it was just a reminder to me, man, like when this dude has a bad game, the eye test on him is awful. Like a holistic bad game is like one of the worst fucking things you can watch. It is horrendous. I don't know if you guys thought that watching him the last two games, but oh my God. Like it's, it's, it's crazy how like he can be on such a hot streak and then just like have a game where you're like, does this dude like
2: it's like, it's like the kid who like, I was this kid, so I know it. Like it's like that kid in like fourth grade who doesn't know how to play basketball, but is just on the team because he works super hard. Like that's what it felt like. <laughs> that's when what he, it looks like, yeah. When he just ran and took out De Gea, it's like you wanna give him you wanna give him hustle points. You wanna be like, great job, buddy. But it's like he did nothing. Yeah, else. it's like where's the
0: class that yeah. we've seen so many times? Yeah.
2: So I mean that that's what it felt like for me. I I, I agree. Yeah.
0: Would you like to grade my hot
2: take?
1: Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a pulse guy. I think he's gonna get a big transfer out. All I right, <laughs> all I've right. Giving you three for accuracy. I um four for hot take. I I think like listen. Have, we've already seen, you see the Tim Howard quote today. Yeah, I, I didn't
0: agree with that at all. You didn't
1: agree with that at no. all. I sort of do. I feel like I, do. I I sort
0: of agree with the nationality part, but like I don't agree that like. Okay, I don't know if this makes sense, but like I I somewhat agree that like Kai Havertz got more chances than him because he was an American but I also don't wouldn't go as far as to say, like, he's, Americans are getting discriminated against. Like, I think there's a couple of select nationalities that maybe get more, more slack, but, like, I don't think it's, like, an American-specific. Yeah. I, yeah. I
1: also think it's – I mean, Chelsea probably top one toxic culture to yeah. be trying to make your career. Yeah, in, for sure. <laughs> he's, now, he's,
2: a, he's a streaky player for sure, so it definitely didn't, like, help. And I, I think Tim reams true, or rings true yeah. outside of Christian, but, like, I, in this situation, eh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, definitely not the club to, like – play him out of the bad times. Yeah. That was like why I was never going to be a fit, right? Yeah. Especially for a guy who just puts up stinkers mm-hmm. that like sit in your mind. And like and, he's had that yeah.
2: experience in the US team where he can just play his way out of a
0: bad thing. Yeah. Like
2: in Dortmund, like, you know, they'll sit you on the bench, they'll get you in, they'll sub yeah. you in quite right. a bit. Like you can get played out of it.
0: There's not like 20 guys on the bench that are Yeah, Chelsea, expensive. no chance. No chance. Yeah. Um you guys got any more hot takes?
2: Right. I got I got one. Yeah, let's hear. And I don't know if it's I don't even know if it's hot anymore, but Uh, Going into the Copa America, if we play in Argentina or we play in Brazil or even a Chile at this point for me, we do not win if we start the MMA midfield. We lose. I think in a knockout round, no matter what, we go home as losers if we start the MMA midfield in in a midfield three. I think it isn't attacking enough. I think that in a team against that, like so we need to have some kind of attacking. Are you power. saying we need Gio in there? Like we I don't need know 10? if we need Gio. We need. We I can see a four. I can see a diamond where three of those guys play, and then we have another one. I cannot see them as a midfield three leading us to win, leading us to a victory against a top team.
0: Yeah, uh, unless we take them to penalties somehow. But, but yeah, with, I, I would at the very least. I, I very much agree in the long term. Like that's how you take out giants. It's yeah. like you raise your ceiling with a guy like that. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two for hot, but five for accuracy. I, yeah. I was
1: gonna actually say yeah, two for hot, five. I yeah. actually was thinking of the same take. Like I think for us to actually, be I think without a like a good ten without a go in there or someone mm-hmm. somewhat similar skill set, I think we're kind of a mid. We're kind of mids. No, yeah. like yeah. I don't think we have any creativity or ability to. Really and that's break why lines that's why, why we're a system.
2: That. We're a system team that is playing with a system coach right now, and that's just where we are. It's unfortunate. Well, we need to make <laughs> the next step. But.
0: Yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. Like I. Uh, you know, I, I I did like what Greg did with the Luca De La Torre thing. I don't know how often he plans on using it. I'm encouraged by the fact he used a ten. So I, you know, we didn't see even if Tanner Tessman came in and it created a quasi MMA midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't see Greg lead off with like like yeah I, he we didn't see him lead off with Musa McKinney tessman or another sure. six. So <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm I'm at least encouraged that that system might include the ten. I. And if it doesn't, I'm gonna be pretty damn depressed, I'll say that uh, much.
2: I, I agree, but at the same time, we had the same thing in World Cup qualifying going into the World Cup, and then we got what we got. So like I, I think like until we change those momentums in big games, that's why I wanted to call it big games only. Yeah. Like it just needs to it's it's a mindset. Like we we can't be we can't be thinking we're little brother and we're just gonna pack it in and hope for the best. Like it just needs to be there needs to be some form of yeah. attacking.
0: So can I ask you this? So this I think it creates an interesting Proposition for this next game, which is going to be in October against, against Germany. Germany. Like, I, it's really, it's really a tough one. I don't know how upset I'm going to be if Greg doesn't start Gio in that game. because oh, oh. I want, because I, that's what I want to commit to long term. But like, Gio's first game back. Do, do you
2: think we just wrong with it? It's the perfect situation, dude. He's been playing in Germany for how long now? Like, it's against people that he's had the experience playing in the Bundesliga against. Like, I think it's, like, best-case scenario is he is the number one person on the team sheet for that game. Do I think it's going to happen? 50-50.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not even concerned about Gio himself. I guess it's just, like, you know, you definitely lose some pitch control when you play 10. Yeah. And you're going to be playing a good, good team, and is that where Greg – like says, you know, I want to revert back to what we know and what we competed with England against, but we didn't compete against the Netherlands yeah. with that. And so. that's
2: going to be such a boring game if they do it because Germany's not a fun team to watch internationally, yeah, like true. the way that they play. And so if we sit in and wa- I, I might turn that game off. I, I I'm saying it now. I'm definitely going to watch the game, but I, <laughs> mentally, I'm going to check. Empty threat,
0: it. but empty threat, empty threat. Yeah, I, I hope we play geo too. I mm-hmm. think that that's where I land. Well. Like, like let's raise that ceiling. Let's let's. Let's get. Let's try and be giant killers, man. Like if, if that's what it's going to take, put butts and seats, and 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 change American soccer forever, like they say they want to, then you got to use Gio Reyna right now, and in a, a long term, time. So, mm-hmm. all right, all right. I got I got one more for you guys to close here. All right, and it's gonna it's gonna I'm gonna leave you with a it's bad better be a, it better be a five hot bad taste, bad in, my taste mouth. in your mouth. Ready? Jesus Ferreira will be called into the October camp. There were a lot of people out there going crazy, throwing parties in the streets, saying Greg Berhalter has ridded himself of the MLS lifers. Roldan's gone. Uh, Aaron Long's gone, mm-hmm. which is all great. But with all due respect, there's no possible way those guys could have been called in, which we've said before, but there's truly no possible way yeah. that those guys could have been called in. Yeah. However, Hayes Ferrer had COVID the week before camp. And there was even this little kind of rumbling of like, is he was he gonna get a transfer? All these all these different things. My hot take is that as much as people want to celebrate, this one's not over yet. Hesus Pereira. is go- and Josh Sargent got hurt. just Pereira will be on that October roster, much to the chagrin of the American faithful. I, you know,
2: I don't know. Th- I don't know if that's hot. I,
0: well, I feel like I don't I, even know if that's it's hot. not yeah. I guess it's not hot because I had to it's walk even you a bad, through 76 it. in mouth, like, FIFA. But just yeah. take <laughs> yourself back to when I first said the take. What did you think? <laughs> Before I
1: presented I just, the logic. So, Christian, it, it frustrates me a little bit, but I've honestly made myself comfortable with the fact that Jesus Ferreira is going to be around for a long time, yeah. that I'm hearing that I'm like, yeah.
2: He's just rare as number four on our FIFA rating list. So like,
1: don't you dare! Don't even do that, <laughs> <laughs> dude. And there. like, honestly, he's even—I hate to even say that. hes slightly won me over with
2: some of his gold cut
0: performances. A little bit, oh, not God. won me over. You fell for the the pirate of the Caribbean, <laughs> destroying all those Caribbean nations.
1: I I don't respect. I don't like. I mean, in terms of him versus Sergeant, I mean, with, with now with a pretty clear cut front two, Balogun, yeah. Pepe. No, it's not going to be. Who, it's not going to be. Whoever's in the third spot, whether it's Sergeant or Ferrera like I'm not going to like lose sleep either way I prefer sergeant Dude, I'm going to lose sleep. He's going to find
2: i lo- somehow. I'm
0: going to lose like sleep. That's, all- That's true. Balogun's That's, something. Be That's on a different conversation.
2: To say that we have a solid front two right now that they're competing, it's just ludicrous. That no, might be the mean? hot take. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa what? Because Why? you
2: know Greg's going to come in, and he's going to be like, oh, Jesus deserves his chance. He's oh, going to come okay. in. yeah, yeah. I know. I, so, like, I get that, but do I, I, I still do like. Do I think I think objectively, though. Objectively, it should be Pepe and Balogun. I agree with you 100%. percent putting way too much faith in You're putting way too much faith in Greg's. Pepe didn't come to the World Cup. Let's not forget that. He, That's crazy. he messed Which, that up. How crazy! That's his is biggest mistake
0: as a coach.
1: Yeah, that
2: is biggest mistake. Ludicrous. That is everyone absurd. We called it at the time too. Yeah. Like every- yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, All right, folks! Uh, you, you made my blood boil for sure. Wow. Good. good. I want to send pot. you up to your
0: dinner. All heated, heated yeah. up. All riled up. I was riled up. Yeah. Oh my right. god.
2: Well,
0: anyways, that was a, that was a fun that was a fun hot take session. I'm sure we got to do this again. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's always good to do a pod every once in a while. We're gonna have you know October games, November games, so I'm sure we'll yeah, sure ne- we'll run it those times. Next
1: pod we'll do a FIFA ratings
2: breakdown. Yeah, no, yeah. If, if no. you guys
0: didn't see the FIFA ratings, will depress you. Some might even say they went against the thesis of this entire podcast. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe
2: our producer will put a couple on your screen right now. He's not doing him. that. He doesn't want you to see
0: them. Maybe gonna, the thumbnail will be
2: 76, uh, <laughs> Jesus Ferreira. That could be it. 74, <laughs> a silver Eunice Musa. Walker yeah.
0: Zimmerman and Weston McKenney are the same rating. Yeah, um, <laughs> non, Non-rare Pulisic. And I'll leave you with that. American Soccer Crash Course fans, we're out. Have a great week.